Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Health Conversations. Let's welcome Sandra Fenter, who's a manager at Recovery and Awareness Bone SA. Sandra, thank you very much for joining us. What a great pleasure to be talking about tissue donor. Thank you, Patricia. Good evening. Thanks for the opportunity. For people who don't understand how critical it is for us to be donating tissue, please do explain to us. Yeah, so I think it's important, Patricia, just to understand that tissue donation is very similar to organ donation, but at the same time different in the sense that we can donate tissue um, for quite a while after death has already occurred. Of course, just like organ donation, this is something that we can only do after we have passed away. Um, And tissue donation really consists of only four tissues. Uh, That is the cornea, which is uh, a little uh, piece of tissue, see-through tissue um, in the iris of the, uh, covering the iris of the eye. We're talking about skin tissue, bone tissue, and then also heart valves. So those are the four types of tissues we can donate, and all of it is exclusively for transplantation purposes. How critical is it that uh, we have uh, donors, and what is the number of donors uh, donors that are required in South Africa currently for tissue? Mm. So, you know, we all know about the great need that there is for organ donors, but in terms of numbers, the need for tissue far outweighs that, simply because uh, it affects so many more people. You know, and if we think about, uh, for example, the need for skin, there are around about 268 serious burns in our country every month, which may require some kind of treatment with donated skin tissue. About 150 of those are children. So you can see that to be able to help children like that, um, you know, suffering terrible burn wounds, that several donors will be needed to be able to help them. The same goes for corneas. Um, It is estimated that in the Pretoria region alone, there's about 2,000 people annually waiting for a corneal transplant. That is only in one city. You know, if you multiply that by all the cities in our country and we look at how few tissue donors there are going around, uh, it just demonstrates how big the need is. Definitely a huge need. Um, Sandra, in terms of um, the difference between um, a tissue donor and an organ donor, what are the differences? Well, in essence, uh, the principles are the same. As individuals, we can decide to be an organ and tissue donor, which simply means at the time of my death, I would like to help somebody else with whatever part there is of my body that is still useful for somebody else to enhance or save their life. So uh, we can register as an organ donor, but at the time of death, the circumstances around that death will determine whether one at the end of the day turn out to be an organ donor or a tissue donor. So the organ donor is typically a person who has suffered a severe head injury, a brain injury, whether it be uh, spontaneous or because of an unnatural uh, uh, occurrence, that doesn't matter. But the patient is typically in ICU, in the hospital, on a a heart-lung machine, 
And in those cases, that person is already declared brain dead and organs can be donated in that case. And with organs, we mean everything in the chest cavity, you know, the heart, lungs, kidney, pancreas, and so on. But the difference is with tissue donation, that kind of brainstem death is not required. Blood circulation is not required. So anybody that dies in any other type of circumstance, whether it be at home, at work, next to the road, at church, wherever it may be, for whatever reason, can be a potential tissue donor because blood circulation or oxygenated blood circulation is not required at the time of death. Hey, a let me put a question out to you. Are, are you keen on becoming a tissue donor or even an organ donor? Perhaps you've already registered yourself. Maybe call in and let us know on 011-714-2006. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. I know there's a lot of hesitancy when it comes to donations based on religion or tradition and culture and educate us around those and perhaps Sandra Fenter would be able to to allay the the fears that we might have around these. Sandra, in, in, in terms of people who are suitable, I know you say for tissue donors, you don't necessarily need uh, circulating blood flow or oxygenated blood flow, but is, is there any age restrictions, any health limitations In general, we can say anybody can be a tissue donor. Of course, there are a few things that might preclude a person from becoming a donor, but all of that will be assessed at the time of death. You know, because, um, Patricia, you and I can decide today to be organ donors, tissue donors, doesn't matter, but our circumstances might change quite a bit between now and the day that we pass away. You know, we might be in very good health now and maybe not by the time we get there. Um, or the other way around, actually, we can be sick now and become much more healthier in time. So in general terms, we say anybody can be a donor, but there are a few things, for example, serious transmittable disease, uh, certain types of cancer that will preclude a person from becoming a donor. But um, all the general ailments that we all suffer so commonly here in South Africa, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, stroke, heart disease, all of those things are not excluded and one can still be a donor. I've got an ATM on the line, Jay. Jay, good evening. Good evening to you, Patricia, and good evening to our guests. I just walked into the room now and I heard this organ donor um, promotion or encouragement, as I would say. I think it's one of the most fantastic and most wonderful thing a human being can ever endeavor to take a step forward in life and after life. Because I think that's the best legacy you can leave behind of you, not the money or anything else, not your status, your academic result or whatever it is. To uh, You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, in my son was two months from his 21st birthday and he met a very serious head injury. And after 14 hours, they decided to operate on him. I told the doctor at that time, the doctor told me that he's got 50-50 chances. I said, doctor, okay, fine. I will sign off his organs should anything not come my way. If he does, uh, God has given him back to the world and he belongs to the world. 
because doctor did explain he will not be completely normal. Mm. But God was wonderful in circumstances. Today, after 22 years, my son is still around, but he's not completely normal. And uh, I thank God for that. But nevertheless, I've uh, myself and the rest of the family, we all have decided to become organ donors. One question, what is the age limit to be, uh, be an organ donor? Jay, thank you for relating your story. And I do hope that you'll also sign up to be a tissue donor because it's two different things. But uh, And I'm glad to hear the testimony from your son. Sa- Sandra will definitely answer your question. Thank you. Yes, yes. What an what a absolute positive response there. Thank you very much. Um, so we do have an upper age limit. Um, and that's really defined by uh, the ability to donate bone tissue. And we go up to the age of 80 years for men. And I think people find that surprising. Often we find people just over 50 thinking now they're too old. But no, not so. Up to 80 years for men and up to 75 for women. So up to that age, there is still something that can be used. And I just think that that caller really uh, nailed it on the head tonight to say, that through this type of donation, we can help somebody else. That's what it is about ultimately. It's about helping someone else, saving another life when it's not possible for you, you know, to carry on with your own. Now, Sandra, I'm sure there's some legal repercussions, but before we come to that in terms of tissue donors, let me ask you this question from Andres in Kwakwa, who sent a WhatsApp to us saying, why do we have healthy people as donors, but recipients pay enormous amounts for operations since we have such a huge demand, but supply is low? Right. So I'm not sure exactly what the question is, you know, whether it is about the shortage or whether it is about the expensive treatment for and, and the expense related to transplantation. Um, so I'm unsure. So let me respond by saying that, yes, the, the need is very big. Healthy people die every day in our country and we can use healthy organs and tissues to treat people who are suffering some kind of disease, who had some kind of uh, impairment due to uh, a traumatic incident, cancer, or whatever the case may be, and we can help them through that. About cost, it is true that there are um, costs involved with transplantation. Uh, With donation, there isn't any cost at all for the family of the donor. But of course, with transplantation, there are certain services that we have to consider. You know, uh, if we just think about blood donation, for example, uh, somebody has to uh, uh, come to you or you need to come to an event where you can donate blood. There's a nice comfortable chair to sit on. Somebody has to stick a needle into your arm, uh, talk to you. You know, the blood gets drawn out. You get a a glass of uh, juice and cookie and whatever. A lady is very kindly helping you with that. Then the blood is tested, it is transported, it is uh, processed in a way, it is stored. And then the recipient, again, on the other side, somebody must drive the blood to the person, put it into his arm again, and help him to get better. Now, so it's exactly the same with uh, organs and with tissue. We don't pay for the actual blood or for the actual organ or the actual tissue, but for all those services involved to get the tissue, the organ, the blood 
from the donor ready and in such a state that it can be transplanted into the patient. So those are the costs that we're talking about. But some would then argue and say, talking about the costs, in other countries, donors are reimbursed for uh, organ donations, um, even blood donations. I mean, even here in South Africa, if you were to donate your ovaries, you are reimbursed for that. So why the difference when it comes to tissue donations? Well, it's just taken up in law, Patricia. Um, The Health Act uh, stipulates very clearly that there cannot be any kind of reward for donation, and particularly where it comes to deceased donation. You can imagine if there are rewards uh, going around for this type of thing that we might risk, uh, risk our own lives, we might put other people's lives in danger if we start handing out uh, rewards, money, whatever it may be for for donation. And I think the opportunity to perhaps, um, you know, uh, destroy the whole system can be very real. So it's something that we are um, not promoting and that the South African law is definitely prohibiting. Let's go to another ATM on the line, Tobani. Good evening. Hi, how are you guys? Good, thanks. So good. No, basically what's really happening... Okay, Tobani's line has been dropped. Um, uh, please do call again, Tobani, so we can hear your question or your comment. Sandra, in terms of uh, the law, let, let's go to some of the laws regarding tissue donations. Mm-hmm. What, what are the laws governing the tissue donations? Well, these, it's basically the Health Act of 2003, and together with that goes the regulations for tissue banks. There's a few basic principles that um, is is prescribed, and and one of the first things is informed consent. That basically is there to protect the donor and his family, and it basically says that when we ask consent for donation, we need to disclose everything and all the facts around that donation. Uh, it has to be done in a language that the person understands. And then it has to be followed up in writing with witnesses. So that is one example of how the law has been put there to protect the donor and his family, um, to not make it difficult to donate, but to regulate it properly. There's also a certain kind of order which is prescribed in the law of who can give permission for donation. And this is our problem, Patricia, that you and I can decide to be donors, we can register to be donors, but the laws still prescribe at the end of the day, when we pass away, that our next of kin, a close family member, has to give consent, written and written informed consent for donation. So um, it's there to protect us. Um, and then also, you know, as it being a, a close relative or the next of kin, it also prevents somebody uh, who is not really authorized to give permission for donation to do that. So that is the type of thing. It talks about tissue banks having to be authorized by the Department of Health to be able to uh, recover, store and process tissue. So there's various aspects. 
uh, containing uh, contained in the law that is there to regulate this um, whole sector and at the same time to protect donors and their families. Here's a question via WhatsApp from an ATMA saying, what's the law regarding organ harvesting in a Jane Doe? In a Jane Doe, um, are we talking about an unknown person, I suppose, right? So an unidentified person. So the law does allow for unidentified people to be used for donation. However, the law at the same time says that the Director General of Health can give permission for such donation, but one has to ensure that all um, reasonable steps have been uh, taken to locate the next of kin of the deceased or to establish uh, you know who the person is before such donation can be made. So it sounds all um, doable in theory, but unfortunately, um, the longest time that we can consider donation for, uh, as in the case of bone tissue, is five days after death. So, you know, I don't think any court of law is easily going to say that you have done everything reasonably possible to determine the identity and the next of kin of a deceased within five days. So practically speaking, that is not something that is workable um, for organ and or tissue donation. Um, it, it's just not practi- practically uh, we're not able to do that. And James and Zimbabwe is asking, um, can you please comment on a stem cell donation? He is already an organ donor and a bone marrow donor. So stem cell donation, um, you know, I'm not 100% familiar about um, uh, uh, stem cell donation, but I would recommend the South African Tissue Bank Association has a website, um, sativa.org.za, and there are several um, stem cell banks listed there with all of their contact details. One can easily contact them and um, just discuss the options around donation. But stem cells is is the new and and a very... um, very popular topic today. Uh, people see stem cells often as a cure for many things, uh, but it is one of those things that are still in development and, you know, there are not very conclusive evidence at this point yet of what all can be treated with stem cells. So, Sandra, how do we get in touch with Bone SA in order for us to get more information and uh, maybe even sign up to become donors? Mm. So, you know, the best way, we, we have one platform to register as organ and or tissue donors. And look, the concept is the same. So we say it's the same thing. Whether you're an organ donor, tissue donor, it's one thing. And we all register on the website of the Organ Donor Foundation. And it's simply www.odf.org.za. Uh, You can go online. There's a very quick, very simple registration process. They will follow it up with a phone call, getting all your details, and then they will send you in the post uh, uh, information brochures and some stickers that you can put on your ID book and so on. Very useful, very helpful. If you put that sticker in your ID book, then it is easily identifiable. When something happens to you, perhaps, uh, you know, in an accident or whatever, somebody will see that sticker and identify you as a, uh, as a potential donor. But still, at that time, the family will have to give consent for donation. 
And for that reason, it is so important that when we make the decision to become a donor, that we discuss it with our families. Tell mom and dad, this is what I would really like to do. And, you know, the most beautiful stories sometimes come out of parents that say, you know, this is a new thing for us. We're not used to this. Uh, you know, our generation didn't do that. But the young people of today are healthy. They're active. They're geared uh, to serving others. And um, I am willing to donate just because my daughter, who maybe passed away, because she said she wants to be a donor, I am willing to do it. You know, so it's very, very important that while we want to register or should register, we have to talk to our families about that. Excellent. Sandra, thank you very much for joining us and shedding light on uh, tissue donation. Thank you, Patricia.